Kelly, you announced in the newsletter this week, we are doing an Ask Me Anything. Yeah, if you want to work down really in the know, just refer to it as an AMA, okay? We're going to do an AMA episode on the podcast, probably before Christmas, because then we're going to take... Oh, we should tell people, we're going to take Christmas off. I know everybody. Sorry. Be sad. Sad face. But before that, we're going to do an AMA episode. So people... Isn't it an AUA? Because it's Ask Us Anything. So people can send in questions. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people already sent me questions, Sarah. And so here... See, here's an example of how serious the questions okay, are. Okay, we got, we got questions already? Okay, f- fire away. Go. If you started riding east at 25 miles an hour and I started riding west at 20 miles an hour, where would we meet? <laughs> <laughs> See, so these are, the kind of, these are the deep questions you can send us, guys. Okay, don't ask us that question. <laughs> New questions, different questions. questions. I feel like, okay, so I was like thinking about putting this, putting the post on my Facebook and saying, You're thinking about it? Okay. And and saying, you know, we're doing an Ask Me Anything on the podcast. But what's funny is, is like, you have to sort of listen to the podcast to know, to know what to ask us. Whatever. We'll see what happens. Honestly, have you ever, this comes from Reddit. This is where these started. People do AMAs on Reddit, like big stars. And honestly, people ask Kevin Durant like some weird fucking shit. And I think that's fine. Like you just go with it. It's fine. So you can send me questions. You can even send Sarah questions. You can (laughs) post them on our social medias and we will do this not next week, probably the week after. So. Okay. So send us your questions, but yeah, post them anywhere. We'll just collect them and literally anything. Yes. Anything at all. <laughs> okay. But on today's show, we are going to discuss the NBC Kona coverage that was last Sunday. Is Iron Man becoming too powerful? There are new Iron Man races in Russia and Kazakhstan, but less in the US. So what's with that after this? Sarah, I hear they have noon endurance in Canada now. Oh, Canada, baby. Finally. I use the sport tabs, the basic tabs at CrossFit. Well, I use the Noon Endurance. Citrus mangoes, the way to go. And now you can try that too in, you know, up north. Up here in Canada. You can order any of these or the rest tabs to help you sleep or the immunity tabs to fight off those bugs. And you can do that by using the code IRONWOMEN. I'm not saying that to you, Kelly. I'm saying this to the people at home. (laughs) The code IRONWOMEN at NoonLife.com. And go check out their new community of women doing cool stuff at Noonness, their TV channel on YouTube. I'm Kelly O'Mara. And I'm Sarah Gross. And you're listening to Live Feisties If We Were Riding. So I gather, okay, you're doing the thing where you're with it, all the millennials do where they're like, I don't have a TV. Yeah. Me and all, me and all the millennials. <laughs> exactly. That you did not watch the Iron Man documentary. As well, I don't, it. I don't have a TV. And I only found out from you last night when I read the newsletter that I, that I could watch it on Facebook. So now that I know it's on Facebook on the Iron Man Facebook page. Thank you, Kelly. I will go and and watch it, but no, I do not have a television. So you're gonna have to tell me how it uh, how, how it, it turned out. Uh, well, it was wildly different than it has been for 20 years in a row now. No, it, wasn't. it was, it was not. exactly the same. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even believe that. 
I don't even. And so here's my question. And this is what I think we're going to get at first in a second. You don't even need to watch anymore to know what it is. It's inspirational story, inspirational story, sum up real quick of prose, cut back to like super sob story. And it works like half the time you're crying, half the time you're slightly confused because it jumps all over the place. But it feels like it's gotten a little bit worse. And partially that's definitely just like literally logistics, like the announcer changed two years ago. And I'm not the only one who thinks the new announcer is not great. I'm familiar with the new announcer and I I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. Right. What are the other, like, wh- where do you see it sliding back? So that factors? was like, so that was a, pro- that's a problem. Cause if you're going to do an entire hour 07 coverage plus ads, that's narrated by a guy who's like, just not as good. It just With doesn't that annoying work. Voice. Yeah. It just, it's, he it's like makes everything sound fake serious. But then the other Correct. half was at the start, they definitely tried to sum up all the pro contenders real fast and they need to tell you like why you should care. Right. So they're like, Sarah True is coming back from this. And David McAmey was good last year, but then he was injured. And then Jan Ferdino was hurt, but then he had to sit out. And then they just like sum it up really fast. And it's, it's a lot. And it also like, to me, it became very clear that everything was like DNF last year, DNF last year, injured, injured, overtrained, DNF, right? Like it becomes very clear that the, like getting to the start line as a pro is fucking hard, but it also just, it kind of just feels like this fire hose of, and then later right. when they're like, and now Sarah true felt like she had to stop. You're like, well, one, that's not exactly how that worked out. But two, you kind of don't care. Cause you don't really care about Sarah true. Cause they didn't like really make you care. So it's weird, you know? Yeah, no, that, that, that makes sense. I think you're, it's like storytelling one-on-one, what you're describing is like, give us a reason to invest in the pros. And I think they do. I mean, now I'm talking about past coverage, so you can tell me if this was accurate this year, but historically they've done a better job of getting you to invest in the stories of the inspirational quote unquote stories of those athletes than they do in the pro athletes. And so I think I've always thought where they could do a better job is helping with that pro storyline and, and getting us to as viewers to invest in in the pro athletes or to feel invested as we're watching like like the movie when you're watching a movie they put a lot of time into the three inspirational everyday people stories they do like all this backstory um you know show them out training do all these interviews of them totally decked out in hoka iron man gear by the way but they don't do that for the pros and that's really weird to me because the coverage comes, it's not even coverage. We stop calling coverage. The documentary comes a month after the race. So you know what happens. So you could really actually write this. Like you're not having to make the call in the moment. You could write this it in a way that we really end up caring about Annie Hogg coming back, right? Or about Lucy, right? Like you right. could really, you don't need to spend time explaining things that turn out not to matter to me because you know that they're not going to matter because you fucking know how this ends, right? Like that's, what's weird about it. Yeah. Yeah. I that's get what it. Felt I, weird. I wonder too, if they're like how much, you know, we talked, we were talking before the show and one of the things that we, we both agreed on was that since that, you know, the Julie Moss moment that right. launched in 1982, where she collapsed the finish line that sort of launched Iron Man into the mainstream media. Like since then, I feel like it, it really, the coverage hasn't changed that much. Like it's basically, they create the spotlight on Iron Man, like the hardest thing on earth. (laughs) And then they have to kind of glamorize it and glamorize the race, glamorize Hawaii, glamorize Kona. And that's part of the, like, what do you call it? That's part of like their narrative around art. Like they have to keep that identity. Right. And I feel like it's a little bit like maybe it's time for a change. (laughs) And that's what I was 
partially because part of me was like, wow, I'm really like, I feel like I watch the same thing every year. But then I was like, well, this I'm not the audience, right? I'm not the audience. The audience, this is on NBC primetime Sunday afternoon, like before football in the evening or whatever, right? So are we expecting too much? Like, what do we expect from our mainstream coverage of triathlon? How could you make it different? This is the audience is people who don't even know anything about triathlon. And this fucking thing wins awards every year for being like the best docu series, something, something. I don't know. They win an Emmy like every year. So clearly it still resonates with people. So I'm just like, how could it even be better or be different? Do we need to change our expectations? It's not designed for us. Yeah. Do we need, or do we need something completely different? Cause what you're watching, like you say, what you're watching is not sports coverage. No. Right. Like you are not like, really, that's why we're seeing the pro race de-emphasized, right? Because you're not watching something that's focusing on that. You're watching on something that is a, like, that is like you're saying a one hour documentary about inspirational stories of people doing a hard thing. And so like, do we just need a completely another thing? Do we need to have a whole other media organization that is covering the, the actual race? Well, and here, I think this will bring us right into our next topic, Sarah. Iron Man's doing pretty good race day coverage now, right? Like Coda race day coverage is decent. Granted, like we can quibble about some of the issues, but Iron Man's doing its own race day coverage now. And that audience is us, right? That is aimed at us. That gets into the weeds of, you know, why Daniela is in eighth and not first, right? Like that is aimed at a triathlon audience, but Iron Man now is its own media outlet they control their own narrative. They're mm-hmm. also so massive at this point. They are their own anti-doping organization. They're their own regulatory body. They come with their own rules. They're, and the, them controlling their own narrative has gotten even more extreme. And I, we can talk about a few examples in a second. But they really are, really do believe that they get to decide like what is said about them, what pictures go out from their races, even on your regular social media. They really think that they get to control everything about how Iron Man is depicted which is like kind of problematic, but they also do provide the only race coverage, like really high level race coverage because they're the only ones that have the money or the platform or like the resources. NBC is not going to do that shit. Yeah. That's true. Well, yeah, they might if the, if, if they felt the audience was there or if they were were willing to take a risk on that NBC seems maybe too mainstream. Maybe yeah, you're like, like you're like okay NBC Sports maybe like, like what are the like maybe like what are the ESPNs that are like not 10, the main the one yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but okay so this I know I'm skipping ahead a little bit here but I think it's to this point like did did the pros the pros this week received as part right, of right, right so this was my example that I was telling you but it's, there's been a number of examples recently that have been floating around in my head but we the pros got an email this week that was just kind of our like updates for 2020 things that are different from iron man and in it was like a uh, social media policy which i understand has actually been in place for like the big world championships already and there's been it, it's, it's come up before but essentially like if you want to if a photographer is out there and is accredited by iron man and you want to they give you photos of you to like post you have to get iron man permission now to post them to your own social media and the argument is and i to give them like i understand this that they don't want to accredit someone for some media outlet and then have you take those photos and use it for one of your sponsors in some like commercial like that's not what you're, they're being credited for. That's not right. That that's not fair. But Iron Man, it's 
not the arbiter of that. Like, that's what's weird to me. Like, that's not how rights work. That's not how usage rights work, like, in the world. Right. So isn't that because surely that's on the photographer. Right. The photographer's been accredited, right? So surely it's on them whether they're, like, they're now accredited at an event. If they share freely those, those photos and those photos end up in a in an ad or something because some athlete shared it and you didn't control the line then that's on the photographer not that generally athlete. or it's on the athlete but it's definitely not an iron man right like that's generally how like i i know like that's how legal usage rights work like in the universe you know there are also and i have heard a number of examples of iron man getting mad after they accredit a photographer who then shares photos with athletes or post them or whatever that they don't like that depict things that they like drafting or some issue that they just don't want to be out there in the public right. space. Well, it begs right. the question, like what, what photos are these athletes sharing that they want to control and why? Right. Because we all know, I mean, the whole, the whole drafting thing is a really great example. Cause we all know that in real time, there's going to be lots of photos of people drafting because that happens at almost every race, especially flat right. races and you can't control that and police it all. So there's going to be photos, there's going to be videos. And so it feels like that might be part of the reason why they're policing this. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like on the one I, there are lot, there are reasons um, there's logic there, but it falls a hundred percent line with a lot of different things that are increasingly a lot of different stories and examples I've heard that increasingly like Iron Man is the main name in town. They're the game. And they think then that they get to control every narrative and every story about every Iron Man athlete and like how they're depicted. And I just, ultimately it's going to backfire and like shoot them. Like ultimately, I mean, maybe it won't backfire. Maybe, I mean, they're going to China. Maybe it'll work out great because that's how China operates. But if we would normally just be sharing photos and promoting Iron Man, like on our Instagram, but now we're not because it doesn't fit in with this controlled narrative. Like, isn't that ultimately bad for them? Like, isn't this whole trying to over control the story ultimately going to hurt them. Right. So yeah, here's my devil's advocate situation. So I was thinking about Kona this year, right? And we get like as live feisty media, we get the lowest level of of media pass access. Sure. Right. And there you are get the you get the social media influencer blogger pass. That's correct. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so okay, there are some advantages to having that media pass. You know, that there's a reason I still like I we apply for it every year, you know. But come race day Honestly, we don't get anything that on race day specifically, we don't get anything versus not having it. Like the place where we are in the finish line is literally like with the other 20 photographers, we would all get the same shot. So we literally do not go into the area we have access to because everybody has the same shot. We were going to go somewhere where we can get like a unique shot or some different perspective or some other just because we're like, I mean, anyway, long story short. What would stop me from doing not getting accredited, taking a ton of photos and putting Live Feisty's, the Live Feisty on it, handing those photos to, to the pro athletes and saying, use these on your thing and getting my name out there in that way. What would stop me from doing that? I don't know. Try it. See what happens. That just feels like the, the like that just feels like the, a, a good business plan now. Like if they're going to. Because you know that no other photographer, that the other photographers can't do that, right? Like they're like, they're uh, like I mean, historically, photographers in triathlon have been pretty chill about giving pros photos to use um, for their social media and for blogs, not for like 
sponsors or commercials, you know, because we're all trying to help each other out. So I don't know. I don't know. Try it, Sarah. See what happens. Let's see if you keep your accreditation. But that's the thing. It's, I know I'm saying I don't get accredited. Right. Like, that's right, my right. argument. It's like, I don't get accredited. We don't really need to be accredited. I'm, right. I'm totally being devil's no, there's advocate nothing, here. There's like, nothing. I mean, honestly, this was my other question I asked Iron Man about this. I was like, well, when people are just out on the, like, it's an open event. Like, what can you, they said there's nothing they can do about like friends taking photos out there, right? Like they can't. So they know they can't on a larger sense. They know they can't control every narrative and every media image and all that. Of course not. It's not a closed event, but they're trying, you know. Yeah. And there's some, there's some video, like if you get that really good video or photo of like the massive packs that sometimes form in races, that right. like, like, you know, that's going to go viral if you post yeah. it. Right. In so. the tiny triathlon universe. It's I mean, go really, <laughs> this is ultimately, right. This is ultimately about like how the outside, the triathlon universe perceives Ironman and perceives triathlon and perceives us. And so it only really matters like in our little universe when it becomes a bigger thing. Let's be real. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a really interesting where like, cause there's going to be cracks, right. When, yeah. when they're trying to control every single part of this tra- long, long course triathlon silo, they're, they're trying to control every piece at some point where the crack comes and how it like what pours out. I don't even know if they're, tr- I mean, they are trying, I, was say, I don't even know if they're trying. I mean, they are trying, they but are trying. so much as they simply are right. Like they simply, there isn't mm. somebody else that can fill that void, right? Like they have their own anti-doping person because like there wasn't a lot of testing going on in Iron Man because testing was focused on Olympic pipeline, right? Like that's why, like, so it's like to a degree, they are the power that be because they are the biggest, like that just, that's not like their fault, but now it is something they're leaning into. Yeah. Arrogance before a fall, I say. Yeah, like, well. It's, I don't know. They also have a bunch of, I told somebody this and they were like, well, they're just learning from the, all their new races in Russia and China because they do have a bunch of new international races. <laughs> Are you saying that Iron Man is the dictatorship of? It's totally, it's a dictatorship in triathlon. Like that's just totally that's just is. true. It's a benevolent dictatorship for the most part. Like whatever, but it is. Nice segue. Yeah. Okay. So there are a bunch of new races. They've I think there's like twelve new races they've already announced for next year, and a lot like some are in North America, sure, but most are not. Like most are international, which is part of this whole push internationally which makes sense, right? I get it. They announced this week the first ever race in Russia, which I mean, I've been waiting for that announcement. It's not a surprise because they had said they had no races in Russia. They were going to have races in Russia. I expect them to add a full um, in Russia like pretty soon. There's also, there is an Ironman Kazakhstan, FYI. How interesting. Yeah, which I I mean, is not Russia. I understand. Like, don't (laughs) at me, but... And the only reason I know this, Sarah, though, is because I was trying to plan my season for next year. So I went to the pro schedule, which is released through like end of uh, mid-September, end of September for next year. But don't try to find it on the website. Don't try to find it on the website. that's a non-starter. Message Kelly. send you the link. Yeah, like North America, like U.S. races are getting kind of decimated. And like they're pretty, and that's like, I mean, that is what it is, but they're pretty clearly trying to push us to... Like the races in like Kazakhstan is on the list. Wisconsin is not. You know what I'm saying? Like you can go do that. This is for for pros in, for in pros. particular. The 
the races in the U.S. are more limited this year. Yeah. And like I, I counted and and, this, and like people are going to tell me like, oh, well, there still are a lot of races. But like, look, guys, OK, so there are eight or nine halves right now and four full choices. There are really five full choices, but one's a women's and one's a men, only pro women and one's only pro men. Right. So really, so there it's are really four. four. Right. So there are four fulls and like eight or nine halves, but there's not like you can do them all because even though there'll be like a two month gap where there is no half, then there'll be like California and Texas are on the same weekend. You can't do both of those. Right. Or like there'll be a huge gap where there are no halves and then there's three in three weekends in a row. So you're not going to do all three unless you're fucking like, I don't know, crazy. So it's not like, like, yes, there are like eight halves, four fulls, but really you can't do all of them. Right. Like really there's like about half, like just the way the schedule is set up, which is partially what's weird about the schedule. Like I understand having less races as an argument because you want to then in theory, it'd be a concentration of competition. But if you stack them, then you're just going to like split the competition. So it doesn't make any sense. Side point here. But there are some pretty big North American races that are missing. Like Santa Rosa's 70.3 isn't a thing anymore, which I think is like the first time that's ever not been a pro race. Cause usually it's a pretty big one mm-hmm. historically it's been a big one victoria is gone fyi it's not on the pro calendar it, it's been on and off a little bit i know that one's been so. on and off because it's smaller so yeah. i don't know it's like it's like just on a personal level it's frustrating because i'm like oh there's like very limited choices for me in like the spring in the pacific northwest right but it's also just sort of like i don't really want to go to kazakhstan <laughs> you don't like, I, I mean, don't. I, think, I think like when we're saying like when it comes to 2020 and we're like, why are the races still stacked as we were saying last year? And especially right. for the women, because there's a higher density of women in, the US. in North America. Yeah. Then like this is kind of the, the answer to our question. Yeah. It happened yeah. a little bit last year and it's happening even more is that they just they're just reducing the pro races in the U.S. And is that like it's partially with prize purses, right? Because where the money comes from that and how they talk. <laughs> and who, which race director is talked into putting up the money? Yeah, I mean, so sometimes race money is put up by the race director some, or like the local city. Um, certainly in some of these new like Asia and like Eurasia races, the city is like putting up the money to attract pros to like promote. Like that's why. But sometimes Iron Man puts up the money. It just sort of depends on the calendar and like the arrangement they've reached. And they are trying to not like limit the pro calendar, but... There's what almost 200 races worldwide now. They can't all have pro. Re- like they're trying to have it only be a set number, fewer. Yeah, I think you know what's really interesting is I think like in theory it is a good idea to have your pros all go to the same race to make exciting right. races. That's the, that's fine. All right, but because they have a situation where so few pros are actually paid well to be pro. Right. You can't take all those. All of those people are not going to be pressed into four Ironmans in North America. That's just not going to work. What's going to happen right. in reality is people are just going to quit being pros because they're not being paid well right. enough and there's not enough opportunities. So they're like missing a step of creating yeah. opportunities for people who um, who are trying to make it in that world. Yeah. I mean, it's like literally if the only spring 70.3 in the U.S. is Chattanooga, which is true. Are all, is everyone, like, is that going to be 40 fucking people show up to Chattanooga? Because I'm not, otherwise I have to pay to go to Vietnam or Mallorca. Mallor, I can never say that word. Mallorca. Thank you. (laughs) Which is fine, but I don't make it like, that's not like financially sensible for me. It doesn't make sense. Whatever. Right. And so I don't know. I just, and then that only pays, Chattanooga only pays six deep. 
because it's only $30,000 price. So like how, so no, nobody's going to make any money because there's 30 people that do, it just doesn't the, like the mat. There's like a circle that's going around there that isn't coming all the way back around. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Totally. It's like an, on one hand, and we talked earlier about Iron Man trying to, you know, in the silo and controlling everything. It's like, you're trying to control the media. You're trying to control like all of the races and this and that in long course triathlon, but not taking care of right. like not taking care of the future of the pro race. And, and that's, I, I think like, that's going to continue to be a problem for them and will increasingly be a problem. I'd, I'd like to think so anyway. So everyone can come join me at wildflower because I'm really hoping, really hoping that that actually happens this year. <laughs> I know here's one. Here's one. Send this message to us. We'll start. Like We should just start. Of new pro race. Oh yeah. Just like anyone who wants to send us money to do that. Yeah. Just that send happen. us money. We'll put on a pro race. We'll put on a pro race. Ideally in the spring. We'll or just October. fill in the calendar. Those are the times that I would like. We'll so. get a prize purse. Yeah. yeah. Good. Sounds good. Um, but yeah, tell me what I should do next year because I wanted to do Ironman Wisconsin and it's not an option now. So damn, damn. I know. So everybody, tell me, tell me what I should do. Okay. Instead. And- and also email Kelly to ask us anything because, because we're going to answer any question at all. Okay. After the break, Kelly's question is what if every country did a relay, like a triathlon relay on the last day of the Olympics? We would like to thank Noon Hydration for supporting the podcast. Get 30% off your order by using the code IRONWOMEN at noonlife.com. That's ironwomen at noonlife.com. And follow at If We Were Riding on all the social medias and leave us a review on iTunes. Also, tell your actual friends in person how awesome we are, because that works too. If We Were Riding is a Live Feisty Media production and is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our marvelous editor is Aaron Hamilton. My time, none of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race in the time. I'm ready to do this, show you what the truth is. I step on the field, it's time to get real, and I'm feeling so ruthless. Okay, so at Bahrain 70.3 coming up, they're doing like a Legends Relay, and it's Mo Farah running, Mark Cavendish biking, and Chloe uh, McCardle, is that right? Uh, swimming, who's like a wor- uh, world record open water swimmer. Which made me think actually i think they might all be british right because i have often thought that at the olympics on the last day what if instead of fucking mixed team relay what if you had a relay for each country and you just like put your best people in and it was like you know for all the bragging rights sarah okay so who's the best country my my question for you though is like why do a triathlon really like why not like a modern pentathlon yeah yeah like a decathlon why not like make up a bunch of like cool things it would have to all be in a row right because it has to be like a relay so like make up a bunch of events and throw them together in a relay and like people from various countries just like muck in and and do it yeah i think triathlon would be kind of fun because i'd be curious like if they were better than you know the the triathletes um decathlon wouldn't be fun because most of those are speed power events they're not it's not a wide enough range right yeah like it's hard to do like the javelin in a relay yeah right? yeah like but you could do like pentathlon might be fun because you could get like a horse upper in there and a shooter and fencing doesn't really work in a relay 
I don't know. Yeah. But I'd like to see something. The person and the next person would go. Like, yeah. (laughs) I'd like to see something added with like jumping, like maybe a little steeplechase action. Okay. Or a little like high jump in the middle of like a run event or like something. Some crazy relay. I think it would be really fun though. I think um I think the Olympians would get into it. And aren't they always trying to add events without adding athletes? See. It's just like everybody problem. just on the last day does some kind of like every country has some kind of random fun, really. I, th- I think it's, I think it's, too, it's good. To, it's true to the Olympic spirit. Like exactly. in the first, like in the original Olympics in Greece, they had like, they had multi events because they wanted part of the ethos was to find the best overall athlete. So yeah. we think that would be like, let's find the best overall country or something like that. See, I think it'd be great. You just right. solve the Olympics. There you go. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.